This is Santia Deck, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Yo, what's good? It's your boy CJ King. Look, and I'm rocking with the homie Rick Sincere. I'm going to need y'all to keep it locked right here on MTMV Sports. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'm going to make a toast because we still alive. No big. I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot. Awesome. Hey, how y'all doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports. I'm so happy to be joined today by Dr. Jesse Morse. Um, thank you so much for, for joining us today, man. How have you been? Doing good. Just trying to hold it down in Florida. Oh, man. Um, I know we've, we've had you on before, and before we were talking a lot about fantasy football, and we will get into um, some fantasy and some fantasy impact. Um, but today we want to talk about the coronavirus because it's, it's kind of been sweeping the nation. It's a national pandemic, as I guess a worldwide pandemic now, um, and it's something that's really affecting not only the world and our normal day-to-day, but it's affecting sports, and that's a part of our day-to-day as well. And so um, I want to get into that. So um, um, before we get started, though, is there anything that you want to plug, something you want to talk about before we hop in? Right now, uh, all sports is on hold, so uh, my life's kind of empty besides work, um, <laughs> but, which is weird. But um, no, when, when the season comes around, um, I will be covering a lot of baseball, uh, if and when it starts, and then uh, football, I'll be doing pretty much most of the stuff for the fantasy doctors. Um, I'll probably eventually have a uh, similar draft guide in terms of injury related that that I did last year. That'll probably start coming out in May or probably closer to June, depending on uh, how this all plays out. But um, that's tentative plans in the long run. Right now, we got a, a lot of moving parts. Yeah, um, I, I just asked my team yesterday. I'm like, "How are you guys making it? How are you getting by without sports, man? It's it's so it's so crazy." So I, I know filling that role is is real weird. Um, and XFL was doing that for me without some football for a little while, but yeah. I got to say goodbye yeah. to that too. So they had a good product. They did a good job. I mean, relatively. Um, and unfortunately, that 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 had to go down with the rest of them. Um, but uh, understandably so. We'll talk about why in a minute. But yeah, this is uh, this this virus is a big deal, unfortunately. Yeah. So let's get into it. Um, so the coronavirus has really played a major role in shutting down all of sports. Um, the NBA has canceled um, the rest of their season, or at least postponed it. Right. Um, MLB is taking a bit of a step back, and they're starting later. Um, football so far, they feel like they're far enough away to where they won't be truly effective. But it is affecting pro days. It's affecting um, NFL visits, stuff like that. Um, in your opinion, was it really necessary for all of this stuff to cancel? Is it is it necessary to cancel all these sporting events? Or you know, some people are asking, is it somewhat of an overreaction? So here's the here's the issue with, with with this with the sports is that the the nature of the actual injury and the actual virus is that because it is so um, easy to catch, you don't have to be symptomatic to spread it. That's the first thing. You don't uh, the, the you can spread it with droplets. So, uh, you know, uh, spitting out 
someone happened to touch your lips, you put it down. Uh, they happen to touch that same spot on the counter or whatever. They touch their lips. Technically, you can spread it that way. Uh, sweat can spread it. Uh, so when you're start talking about that level of ability to uh, to spread, it becomes very important to shut down uh, sports where you have a lot of sweating, which is pretty much everything. Um, but that also, if you think if you have 5, 10, 15, 100,000 fans in the stands, which, you know, can happen depending on the sport, um and one person has it and then there's 50 people around them and then hypothetically they spread it to 500 people and then they go to the other side of the stadium and spread it over there. You're starting to see how this thing can spread very, very quickly. That's essentially what's happened. Uh, the issue with this virus is coronavirus is a very normal virus. We I used to treat it in pediatrics all the time. Babies get it. Um, it, it causes a high fever. Uh, for the most part, they have some breathing difficulties. You get them through it and they get back to normal. Not a big deal. This is a significant, severe strain of it. And as a result, uh, has has caused a, a significant issue where the body's not able to fight. Um, and we've seen that uh, the majority of ages are able to, to cope with it if you are only exposed in a brief manner. Uh, very quickly, a small interaction, usually you can fight it off. The elderly population, 60 plus, uh, is really getting hit, and it's indirectly because their immune system is not as strong. Uh, they have other things going on. They may be immunosuppressed. Maybe they had cancer. Maybe they had chemotherapy. Uh, maybe they're on uh, medications that are making them immunosuppressed. So indirectly, they are at much higher risk. The average age of death in, in China secondary to the virus was 69. Um, so you have a very uh, high risk population um, indirectly. That's what's happening in, in Italy. And America, as we know, does have its fair share of baby boomers and, and older populations, many of them that live around uh, my area in Florida. So they have to be particularly careful. The issue uh, that we are starting to see is that, uh, first of all, politics aside, this was a failure of chain of command. I've read multiple articles over the past couple of weeks that have documented there were several cases in Florida as early as mid to early January, late January, that went unchecked, that they did not set off any alarms, and they kind of quieted them down. There was one in Seattle before Seattle ever became Seattle. Um, that there was a documented case uh, based on the Seattle flu study, which demonstrated that the person had not left the area, had not interacted with anybody that was known to have the virus, but still acquired it. That means that it was already in America at the time. There was also a separate case in Boston um, that was from someone that flew in from China uh, that uh, makes sense, that confirmed it. Um, and as we see now how easy it is to spread, there was a separate conference in Florida or in, in Boston uh, about a month ago, give or take, that uh, had several people from all over the world uh, that happened to congregate. Uh, out of the 92 cases in Massachusetts at the time, uh, 70 of them uh, were from this conference. 
So that's how quickly it can spread. Um, the issue with this is that we're not being aggressive enough testing it, um, and that's going to be very significant. Um, there, uh, depending on where you read, which media stations you watch, you will see a different perception about whether or not you should be worried about it. At this point, I think we're beyond a little worried about it. Um, the the if you go back and you reflect and see which countries have been severely affected and which countries were able to pretty much do well, we see that Italy has been utterly decimated by this. And I'll tell you why in a sec. Whereas a country like South Korea or Japan has done really well. And considering China actually did really well, they were very aggressive. The day after this was confirmed, they shut down 16 cities, which is insane. Think about doing that. Um, and they pretty much stopped getting any major new cases after that point, and they had to deal with the fallout. However, the virus started, whether it was uh, from a bat, whether it was from man-made, wherever it actually originated, is, in my opinion, a moot point because we can't change that. It's there. It is what it is. Um, we'll talk about the vaccine in a little bit and, and how we actually treat it. The difference between something like Japan or South Korea uh, which ended up doing really well versus someone like Italy is that there are multiple issues. But one of the main issues is that South Korea and Japan were pretty much testing everyone saying, all right, everybody's getting a test, whether or not you're symptomatic. If you have a positive test, you're getting quarantined. You're avoiding people. You are not allowed to spread this to people. Whereas Italy is only testing symptomatic people. So you have thousands of people who potentially have it, even though they're not showing symptoms that are technically can spread it, but they're just not symptomatic yet. And some people, maybe they're never symptomatic. As we've seen with Donovan Mitchell, the uh, all-star from the Utah Jazz, he was in a video conference call yesterday, I think it was on ESPN, that showed he's like, I have it. I'm telling you I'm positive for it, but if you saw me walking down the road, you'd never know I had it. He's mm -hmm. like, if we started a sever game series, I'd be able to play. I'm fine. Yeah. But I'm at risk for giving it to other people. And we saw how, how initially uh, America kind of felt about it with um, uh, with Rudy, Rudy Gobert, Gobert uh, where he was being silly and touching everything. Unfortunately, that translated to whether or not that was the culprit. It is what it is. Um, you can see how being careless can make it a big difference. Um, Italy, unfortunately, has a very aging population. They do not have the uh, the hospital structure to tolerate. Um, and they really didn't take it seriously until it was too late. Now they're dealing with significant influx of patients where they simply don't have the volume in their hospitals to treat all of the people that need to be treated. So about 15 to 20 percent of the cases will require hospitalization. So not many. Eight, uh, eight out of 10 people will be fine. The issue is those two out of 10 are probably going to need some type of breathing treatment. And, and, and if it becomes uh, that they need intubation, meaning a tube stuck down your throat and you're on a breathing machine, well, there's only so many of those to go around. So say there's 500 to make it easy and you have a thousand patients that need that. What do you do? You live, you die because both of them need it. You're playing God at that point. The problem is you can't just make up and create a, a ventilator. They, they're not that easily accessible. 
So extrapolate that to something like New York City, which has about 6 million people. They have something along the lines of 2,000 ventilators for the whole city. So what if you need four or 5,000 ventilators? And most of those ventilators are already keeping people that are sick from other stuff, not the coronavirus, alive. Heart attacks, strokes, whatever. So now you're talking about, I need to protect a whole new set of population, even if it's only 15% of the people that get it, in addition to the people that are already sick, and while not trying to infect all the frontline people that are treating it. And then you're going to add in the fact that there's a scarcity of protective equipment because most of that equipment is made in China and everything's been shut down for a while. And then with the scare, everybody started buying masks that probably didn't really need it, but Mm. I get it. So now you're starting to have first responders who don't have any protection for themselves who are at high risk and you're starting to see a lot of the first responders, your ER doctors starting to get it. So now they have to be quarantined and removed from the population. And they it's you don't just have ER doctors growing on trees to replace them. So you're starting to see a vicious cycle. Uh, so you really have to uh, separate as many people uh, from everybody that you can. And that unfortunately requires large events, your concerts, your games, March Madness, anywhere where you have 50, 100,000 people uh, in close proximity. Uh, that can technically spread it think about if you i live in uh, just north of west palm beach and uh, there was a plane early last week that flew from new york that had three documented cases on it and they were confirmed they knew they had the virus when they were boarding the plane confirmed but they still flew to west palm i don't know which airline that was it's a moot point the problem is everyone on that plane is now at risk forgetting it because you're only within what 100 feet of them and you're recirculating the air so um you basically just put 100 to 115 people that's how many people are on the plane at risk and basically you have to quarantine them off because of their ignorance because of the fact that they wanted to go to florida or wherever you know but think of it this way if you didn't quarantine those people and now they fly to japan now they fly to la you can technically repeat the cycle. Mm. The The other part of it is I, uh, I've had no people that have flown into the United States recently from out of the country, and they are not screening anybody coming into the country for this virus. So how can you tell me that I don't have it? Mm. You can't. So the problem is we're letting you in, but you, we don't know what you're bringing, so to speak, with you. So... Uh, if you're not screening for it, you may be allowing a whole new population of patients or, or, or vulnerable patients in whatever. So it's a slippery slope. And the question is, where does it end? You know, um, right now in Florida earlier today, they shut down all bars and all nightclubs for a month. That's bananas. That's crazy. Yeah. But unfortunately, and this is peak spring break, um, unfortunately, yeah. We, it's logical because you're trying to limit how many people can get this. Uh, evolving to treatment, um, there are a couple drugs that are helping to treat it for the people that are really sick. Um, but ideally, we get ahead of this and everybody gets a vaccine so you don't 
have to worry about getting it, that you, you have the vaccine, the body recognizes it, and it's like, oh, I can fight that, we're good. The problem is creating a vaccine takes time, and there's already a couple that supposedly are available, are, 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 are testing. But the issue is you need to test that vaccine for probably at least a year, probably close to two years. Because think about it this way. If I'm testing a vaccine, I want to make sure that doesn't cause cancer. That's not going to interact with my blood pressure med. That's not going to give me can, uh, you know, leukemia. That's not going to spike my uh, blood sugar or whatever. It's not going to leave me susceptible to HIV or something else. So you need to run it through the gauntlet of tests, um, and that takes time. Maybe on day one it's fine, but maybe on day 30 um, that, that virus leaves you vulnerable to whatever. So you need to really stress that vaccine to see what if it's safe, basically, because you don't want 50 million, 100 million people getting a vaccine that all of a sudden causes new issues. Then you have a whole new set of issues. So even though they say, yes, we need a vaccine, you need to make sure the vaccine is a uh, safe and then eventually uh, be available, uh, you know, which is a whole separate discussion. Because they're going to talk about cost, they're going to talk about all other types of stuff. So uh, this is unprecedented waters. Um, we haven't seen anything like this in, in, in a little over 100 years. 1918 was probably the most recent one. Um, yeah. uh, but, I mean, it's crazy. What questions? Yeah, so um, first off, um, the question about social distancing, you answered. There's a definite reason that we need to be distant away from each other. Um, right now, um, I'm hearing even like here in Atlanta, they're not testing non-symptomatic people, right? Um, what is the reason for, why do you think the reason is that we're not being aggressive about testing and why are we only testing people who are, are showing like high fevers, um, people who are showing, um, you know, other symptoms? Why are we only testing those people when I'm hearing people like Donovan Mitchell say, you know, he has no symptoms. I'm hearing somebody like Idris Elba who just tested positive saying he has no symptoms. Why are we not testing non-symptomatic individuals? This is a slippery slope, um, because. Um, the answer to this gets political, even if I don't want it to. Okay. Um, and whenever people hear politics, either they usually sit on one or two sides of the fence. And if they're on the opposite side, they usually shut down and they don't want to hear it. But here's my non-political answer, if there is one. The government wants to limit the number of cases that is documented. The problem is the only way to do that is to limit the number of tests, mm. but you're falsely lowering the number. That's what's happening in Italy. They, If they tested all the people that did fine with the virus, their mortality rate would be significantly less. That's why um, South Korea's mortality rate is so low because they tested thousands of people that did fine that, that are doing fine. So their mortality rate for the virus is about 0.6%. To give you a reference, the regular flu virus um, has a, a mortality rate of 0.1%. So that's six times higher. Now, based on the, doc, uh, the, the, the data from, I think it was Monday uh, or, or, or Sunday from Italy, their uh, mortality rate is currently 7.3%. Okay? So, but that's only because they've, they've tested 
we'll call it 1500 people to make it easy and 300 people are dead or whatever so when you when you're not testing 50,000 100,000 and you have 300 people dead that's what creates that separation the problem is they're not testing all these other people whether that's price of tests whether that's efficiency of being able to run all those tests whether that's manpower to do that uh, there's each there's a couple different testing systems from what I understand uh, some of them are pretty quick some of them take a couple days so then it's like well now we got to get back to you and tell you if it was positive or negative so there's a, a whole logistical part of it so the other part of it is the higher the number the more fear factor there is and the larger risk there is for um politics being affected i think we're at a point where everything's been affected there's no question about that um, but there's some rumblings and here's where the politics come into play that trump was aware of this virus was aware of, that there were people in america that had this that he could be aggressive in mid to late january before yeah. uh, really things started getting crazy and he did not – he was not aggressive about it. I'm not going to bring up the fact or elaborate on the fact that the pandemic team from Obama's administration was dismantled. I'm not yeah. – excuse me, don't – to go into fact that it was a very uh, good article on uh, Politico last night that demonstrated that the turnover from the Obama administration to the Trump administration – uh, is doing a handoff basically before everybody took over and uh, everybody in the Trump administration that was at those meetings, 66% of them are no longer with the Trump administration. So the turnover has indirectly led to people that were not part of those committees that have indirectly are like, well, I don't know anything about this. It's because you weren't with the administration long enough and indirectly you don't have any of that uh, experience because you're new. Um, there's a lot of moving parts to this. There's no easy answer. I'm still trying to figure out where this two weeks comes from. Uh, we're going to shut this down for two weeks. We're going to quarantine you for two weeks. Um, I don't. I don't know if there's any strong data to support that. One of the issues with this virus, unlike say the flu, is that if you get the flu, you're pretty symptomatic and within like three four days. This virus has documented cases that say they got it on February 1st. They didn't show symptoms until the 27th, the whole month, 27-day incubation period. There's some details, maybe even 28 days. So the problem is you can technically be spreading that the whole month and not know it because you don't know any better. So when you're entering that realm, what do you do? Do you lock people up forever? Like that's not realistic. So um, it's it, it, there's no easy answers to this. The question you asked earlier or wanted to discuss is whether or not you can be reinfected. In the, and as far as we know, the answer is yes. Right, right. So the BBC, BBC News is reporting that those who are testing positive and recovering, right, are now testing positive again. And, you know, I, I guess I wanted you to kind of, Elaborate on that. What does that mean about this virus? What does that indicate about this virus? Is it like cold or the flu? What makes it different? So um, there are several different types of types of virus. Um, uh, the regular flu virus, you can get 
get rid of or and then you can technically get again or get a little different strain fine something like hiv once you got it you got it hiv herpes those type of things once you get it you're never getting rid of it ever even if you're on treatment you really don't get rid of it you basically just make it so that the viral load we call is zero meaning your body still has it it's just suppressed the issue with these viruses is that that's not the case you can get rid of it the problem is your body is not is is not uh, going to be able to fight and not get it again. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can. There was a documented case the other day that, as far as we know, that a Japanese uh, a person. I want to say he was in his seventies. He had the case. He had a documented negative, and then recently he had a documented positive again. So he got rid of it. He cleared it, or uh, treatment-wise cleared it, and then he reacquired it. So that is a whole new set of headaches because what if we shut everything down for a month? We um, think we get rid of it. We start reopening things, and then all of a sudden someone who was treated previously gets it again. Mm. Now what do we do? Do you do it all over again? Do you ever reopen sports where you have thousands of people um, in close proximity? Like, where does it end? And the, the, the problem is this is unprecedented waters. We don't have that. Our, our cities don't have the staff or the, um, the resources to accommodate a 2, 3, 4, 500% influx uh, of patients in an ER or an ICU Um and if they do, uh, what do you do with the people that are already there? You know, America, we're aging as a population. So uh, a lot of us are getting sicker, and now you're going to add a whole new set of headaches. So uh, I, I think that that kind of gives us, us an idea of, of how potentially scary this could be, even though uh, I may have led to more questions. Yeah. The, here's another question, um, and, and you said it would be tough to know, um, but in your estimation, how long do you think it could be before we're able to, to get back to to what we consider as normal? Or is there no return to normal? So uh, um, I think that ideally if we can do what South Korea did, we can do what, what China did in stopping the new – the new spread or new cases um, and just have random ones. The, the worst part hasn't even got here yet, okay? We, we're, we're still on the tip of the iceberg. We haven't got to the peak yet. We're still climbing the mountain, and unfortunately, uh, it's going up. Uh, if we can uh, quarantine ourselves and be smart enough to um, realize that even though I may be asymptomatic or not even have it, I'm going to prevent myself from spreading it to other people or them spreading it to me and just distance myself. Six feet um, is a decent uh, range. Um, small groups, um, avoiding contact, or, or if you can, uh, avoiding large groups, and they're basically putting that into effect now. Uh, I think six to eight weeks is reasonable, but it also depends on a, a lot of things. I mean, is domestic travel going to be shut down? Probably. Probably. Um, I think that most restaurants and bars will probably be pretty much shut down for 
the next three to six weeks, I think schools and sports are probably going to be the same way until we start seeing the decline where we feel like we finally got a handle on it. And I think that's going to be a combination of um, what they call flattening the curve. You've probably heard or seen that. That basically means that uh, you're preventing this massive influx and you're just gradually gaining cases until it it goes down. And, and that was, that phrase is taken from that 1918, uh, pandemic, uh, that, uh, compared to cities, one city didn't do that. And they had a massive spike and the other city did do it and kind of had a gradual relief, uh, gradual effort. And the gradual effort is going to allow us to get back to normal sooner because our, our medical system will be able to absorb that, that burden. Um, but definitely a lot of changes. I don't think the NFL will be changed as much, um, but there's definitely some guys uh, that are from small schools that probably deserve a pro day, deserve a private workout that may not get one. Yeah. Um, that's definitely part of it. Um, uh, there, There's uh, your intermittent small guys that, uh, you know, random Belichick just happens to randomly show up at a practice and sees you and likes you and, and is – I think those those cases are unfortunately going to be missed this year. Um, so it remains to be seen. Uh, for a baseball, uh, do they they're going to have to ramp up again? Uh, are they going to have a second spring training? Uh, are the guys who uh, were on innings restrictions uh, or were entering the season injured? Are they safer bets now because they have? less season or are they going to play a half a season are they going to play two-thirds uh for the nba um are they going to be reactivated is this the end of the season um if they are going to have it are they going to potentially push it into july august same with nhl uh, there's a lot of uh of, of questions more questions than answers right now um, but there's going to be a, this is going to be a very crazy year in the in that regard. Football is usually has its own space. You know, baseball is still lingering, but not as much. Um, this is going to be one of the years that there's a lot of crossover, um, and there's not much of a gap. So um, let me ask you about, about treatment. We talked about cases where people are asymptomatic. Um, we talked about some treatments, I guess, some situations where they're more severe. What's the difference in treatment there between, like, a guy like Diamond Mitchell who says he's ready for a seven-game series and, you know, somebody who's really, really suffering, you can tell. What's the difference in treatment in those in both of those cases? So ideally, the asymptomatic individual like Donovan Mitchell shuts himself off for the world lets his body uh, kind of finally fight this this virus, get rid of it, get to a period where he's no longer uh, infectious, which is the key word, and then gets back to normal. Whereas the people that uh, are symptomatic, they're going to, uh, uh, if they're symptomatic enough to be admitted to the hospital, they're pretty sick. Uh, the initial symptoms for the first week are going to be your headaches, um, your fatigue, a little bit of shortness of breath. Uh, the second week uh, traditionally is, is, is where the shortness of breath is significantly worse. Uh, you're going to have a lot of high fevers um, and, and people just are not going to feel well. They're going to have really struggling to breathe. Um, I've read several accounts of, of ER and ICU physicians that are treating this and they'll say they're doing better. They're on Romare. Uh, an hour later, they're requiring two liters of oxygen, which isn't that much. And then 12 hours later, they're intubated and sedated. Uh, it can be that fast. Um, 
and then they'll recover two days later, three days later, they finally get them over the hump, they get back, and then what they're, a lot of them are seeing is that they're suffering heart attacks, and that's actually what ends up killing them. It's not the lungs, it's the heart that actually gives out. So um, it's, uh, it's very challenging, it's very fascinating the way this is presenting. Um, uh, but but um, the, our goal is to, to prevent uh, getting other people sick even though uh, you think you may not be sick, unless you have a lab to prove it, uh, you really, you know, and, and I work in healthcare, obviously, so I am at constant risk, um, and and I'm trying to do what's in the best interest of my patients while still taking care of them, so it's kind of a slippery slope. Um, but we, could, we can just take this one day at a time. I think we are going to hit a massive recession, Uh this is going to be worse than 2008, um, believe it or not. Um, they are pulling money out and don't have the financial backing to sustain that, uh, so to speak. I don't know a whole lot about it. From, from my understanding, they're uh, doing what they can, but the, they're, they're, uns- they're making the dollar less stable. Um, they're trying to uh, keep up a lot of these industries uh, there, Italy and France has already, have already um, stopped mortgage payments, stopped um, uh, utilities and that type of stuff for uh, at least four to six weeks from what I've seen several reports. Um, because if you can't leave your house, you can't work, you can't expect to pay your bills. I mean, that's just the harsh reality of it. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if something like that came to fruition, if they did like a three or four or six month hold on your mortgage. Um, and then, uh, the government only has to worry about, you know, four or five, six main banks as opposed to 300 million people, uh, in terms of individual stuff. So, um, unprecedented waters, but I think that's some of the stuff we're going to expect. This is, this is very huge. And thank you so much for coming on. I want to turn the curve a little bit or or, or turn the corner a little bit and talk a little bit about what's happening football wise, because while we're at home. Right. Or, you know, either at work or dealing with patients. And while this is happening, there's a lot of stuff happening in the football world that's kind of keeping our minds going and keeping us a little bit busy. Um, mm-hmm. what, are, what are some things that you saw yesterday? Because, I mean, it's only been like, what, 24, 48 hours where we're seeing tons of news on the football front. What's some stuff that you saw that just kind of like caught your eye a little bit? There's been a couple surprising things. I'm born and raised in Massachusetts. I was spoiled with Brady from the beginning. Oh, I'm sorry, um, man. So hey, I'm okay. I've, I've, I already I'm anticipated sorry. this, believe it or not. So I, um, I've been blessed to have a dynasty pretty much my entire adult life. So yeah, okay. I've been spoiled to say the least. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I don't blame not trying to uh, move your entire team around for a 42 year old that. Uh, unfortunately, he's not getting any younger. Uh, I'm very appreciative of what he has done, and, and he will ever, forever be a, a sports icon, not only in Boston, but also uh, for the NFL in general. Yeah, um, I think he signs to the Tampa Bay Bucks tomorrow. Um, uh, the, uh, there's been a lot of moving parts in terms of um, Philip Rivers just signed to the Colts on a one-year deal. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is uh, in the process of s- probably signing a three-year, $60 million deal with um, the Carolina Panthers. Um, it's not icing, but it sounds like it's pretty much done. Uh, we saw Mariota go to the Raiders last night. 
uh, we saw um, we saw uh, ri- uh, not Rivers, um, what's his name, Keenum, uh, kind of uh, left uh, oh, the yeah, Redskins, yeah. and he, yeah, he's, he's going to in. the Browns. Yeah, yeah. So he's now backup. Um, the The Patriots are a fascinating situation. I think they're going to rebuild. Um, I think they're going to retool and try to uh, start. I think they have s- something in Stidham. He's not ready yet, but he's getting there. Uh, okay. They may they may try to. Belichick always has a plan. Uh, so they they may try to uh, really like one of the, the young kids in the draft. Maybe they try to get love. Maybe they try to get Hurts. Um, something like that. Uh, maybe they like somebody that we don't even think of. Um, you know, a guy we don't expect. Kind of like Jimmy you, G. What about? Um... What about uh, Jameis? Jameis is possible. I think if, if they can get the deal right, um, he needs a stern uh, coach to say, you don't have to try to make that throw. It's okay to check down over here. It's okay to throw it away. You know, that's the issue with Jameis is he always tries to make these crazy plays, and we've seen that forever. He has a cannon. We know that. The problem is he makes poor decisions sometimes. Sometimes they work out and sometimes they don't. Um, you can't give the ball away um, ex- even with a good defense because you're losing possessions and possessions are key. If if they can work out the right deal, I think that there's a chance he may end up on a one- or two-year deal to replenish his value in New England. It sounds like Teddy Bridgewater, had, uh, they had no interest in Bridgewater, uh, Patriots, uh, based on a report I saw earlier online. Um, the most fascinating deal without question that I still can't believe went through was the nuke Hopkins, um, (laughs) Carolina. Let's put it this way. If that was in fantasy football, that would have been vetoed. Yeah. There is no way that got approved. No way. Even in dynasty league, nobody's approving that. Never getting approved. You need a new commissioner if that gets approved. No, uh-huh. so that um, I don't care how mad you made Bill O'Brien. I don't care what you said. Hopkins is a beast. He's played unbelievably hurt the past couple of years that we don't even know about, and uh, he still continues to be unbelievably elite. Uh, and Deshaun Watson is probably going bananas right now. Uh, he basically replaced um, uh, Hunt, Andre Hop, DeAndre Hopkins with Randall Cobb. Um, yeah. Um, then Diggs went to Buffalo last night, uh, probably the best route runner in the league. Uh, the problem is Josh Allen is awful on a deep throw. Um, they have a potentially scary team if Josh Allen can get it together. Um, they have uh, Diggs is a classic wide receiver too, even though we like to think of him as a one. Uh, Brown, along with Knox and adding Motor Singletary, uh, has the potential to be pretty scary. Their defense yeah. is legit. Um, Miami uh, is, is retooling. Um, I like uh, what they're doing. They're still a couple years away. They have a load of picks. Uh, a little surprised by some of their acquisitions on defense, but I don't, I don't, I don't blame them. They have the money to do so. Um, I think uh, your boy going back to uh, to Breeze going back made sense. Um, I think that uh, they throw money at uh, Hill, and it. he just. I'm happy about oh, yeah. that. You remember it. <laughs> um, and, and, and I mean, so I mean, there's there's been a lot of action. It's definitely helped us take away from the chaos. Uh, but um, 
the the wide receiver market, the elite wide receiver market, has really drawn up. Drawn up. Uh, I think if OBJ happens to be available, maybe I'm a little surprised that Hooper went to the Browns, given how poorly Stefanowski uses tight ends, uh, especially yeah. uh, and 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 um, what's his name's value? I can't think of it. The other uh, tight end right now, but yeah, his value just disappeared off the planet. Um, so, I mean, I think, uh, I, I think, uh, Baker has the potential to be a monster this year if they can figure that out. Um, I do like, um, I, I do like the whole situation in Arizona. They run a ton of four wide. Uh, you have Nuke, you have, uh, Grandpa Fitzgerald, who's still elite. Um, you have, uh, Andy Isabella. You still have Christian Kirk, who's a very underrated, uh, performer himself, um, you have the other kid who injured himself early in the year that put on IR. I can't think of who it is right now, but uh, so they have a lot of talent. Uh, they and need to upgrade that back, line, but they need to upgrade that line if they're ever going to be able to sustain. Um, they could be a powerhouse if everything falls in line. Um, but uh, you know who's been a little quiet uh, is uh, Seattle. Seattle's been really quiet. Yeah. Um, I'm curious as to what happens in Chicago. Um, I don't know who's going to end up there. Um, I'm curious who get the Redskins get um, because they're starting to run out of options. Do they trade for Cam? Um, is Cam's shoulder, not his foot, I'm not worried about his foot, mm-hmm. is his shoulder healthy? That's mm-hmm. the concern. His foot is going to be fine. He had surgery. That yeah. will be good. It's the shoulder that we've had issues with over and over again. Um, is CMC on the block? Is Julio Jones on the block? CMC? You know, why do you need a top three running back when you're rebuilding? I, you have to rebuild with the foundational piece. I don't see you getting rid of CMC. Like, that's that's the foundation. There's nothing else. That's it. But you saw he had one of the best seasons I can even fathom, Priest Holmes-esque, and they still were awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they were awful because they didn't have great you know quarterback play. They feel like they'll have some quarterback play a little bit with Teddy Bridgewater. At least he won't wreck the ship. And with Joe Brady there, I'm thinking Joe Brady, CMC, right? Remember he gets to re- reunite with um, Teddy Maybe. Bridgewater. That could be a cooler situation than we think, right? Especially if the weapons start to really emerge there. Those weapons are young, right? They have wide receiver weapons who are starting to emerge. And so maybe, you know, maybe something could come of that. Joe Brady just did it with two little wide receivers. Well, I'm sorry, one good wide receiver, one smaller wide receiver, but he has some help. I think he'll be okay. Yeah, I mean... But get rid of CMC? If that happens, man, I might shut down. I don't know what... I don't even... I hate the Panthers because I'm a Saints fan, but that would be insane. But, I mean, Nuke got traded, so I don't know what else is happening. Will his value be ever be higher? No. No. But what do you get back for a CMC? It, even in fantasy, what do you get back for a CMC? Breaking news, four Brooklyn Nets just tested positive for corona. Wow. ESPN just popped up right now. There wow. you go. Um, and two, another Yankees minor leaguer. So that's two. Wow. So, I mean, that they're just like the rest of us. I mean, they're not immune to it. They just happen to make a lot of money playing ball. Um, wow. The, yeah, so, I mean, I'm impressed with the, the Ravens who irk me because they've always been annoyingly good. Um, 
what they've done to their defense. They continue to work magic. They turn nobody picks into monster players. I have no idea what Jacksonville is doing. My God. Um, they, they, uh, if you want to learn how to ruin a franchise, you just look at that. Oh, goodness. Um, uh, I, yeah, but, uh, Thanks. that, Thanks. yeah, I mean, um, so, so, uh, the other issue that we're going to see is, um, Dak's, um, lack of contract, true, mm. true contract is secondary to, uh, uh grandpa, uh, Jerry, uh, overpaying Zeke last year, and that continues to haunt them. Um, that indirectly led to them having to sign Amari to a monster deal, which was fitting. But now they have to worry about, uh, uh, and it sounds like the rumblings is he wants a four-year deal, they want a five-year deal. Um, that sounds like the difference. Uh, they may, so they did that with, I, I believe it's called the executive uh, tag this year, which means... Yeah. He's exclusive there, and he, yeah, exclusive, yeah, and 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 and, uh, and no one can offer them anything for it. Uh, next year, they, I think he's still taggable again, so uh, that may allow them to get him again. And then I think the year after, the the um, uh, salary cap is expected to skyrocket up to about two hundred and forty million, so that may allow them to some wiggle room. So that may be their long term plan. I don't know, uh, but uh, a lot of moving parts. Uh, over the past uh, two three days, that have been pretty crazy. Um, I, I think um, I think Hayden Hurst was a, was a sneaky play. Yeah, uh, do you like that? Yeah, I mean they have to throw to somebody. Uh, you know, in the in the tight end slot. I wish he went to my Patriots. There was rumblings earlier that the Patriots made offers for Nuke and Diggs, but neither the Patriots weren't willing to give up what they were asking. Hmm. That was, okay. which I'm not surprised by. Uh, Brady, Patriots are only going to make a deal if it's a good deal, if it's in their best interest. And obviously it wasn't uh, yeah. because it didn't get done. Um, the uh, But a uh, lot of moving parts. Uh, I think that uh, I'm curious how the Chargers are going to play out. Um, if they're just going to stick with Tyrod or if they're going to uh, – uh, Get a, a you know maybe hire a, or find a, a cheaper a cheaper guy. I'm trying to think who else is available. Um, Andy Dalton's still out there, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm hearing rumors about him going to Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. There's a possibility there. Um, you you said Rivers is off the market now. Um, yeah, one twenty-five to, uh, to he he's back with his old uh, uh, what is he coach or, or or whatever it is, but he's got he, he's got. Uh, some some history there. Yeah, and Jameis is on the market. Apparently, um, Cam Newton's on the market. Um, and so, I mean, there's, there's, there's still a few moving parts and still stuff that, that we don't fully see. Is anything going to shock you at this point? Like, because, I mean, we've had the blow-your-mind stuff already happen. Is something going to shock you? Um, there's definitely things that are shockable. Um, I don't know. Uh, that that nuke one really threw me for a loop. So at this point, I feel like anything is crazy. <laughs> um, the uh, I was just looking at something. Jason Witten went to the Raiders. Yeah, um, I can't believe it. he's old. He's he's almost time to hang him up. It's a um, Raider move. It's a Raider man. move. He's gonna be injured. It don't make a difference. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, I think that's what we got right now. Um, yeah, it looks like Brady is going like to go to the Bucks. It sounds like it's it's pretty um, much. Um, I'm seeing that, and that that changes the entire NFC South. It's Drew Brees versus Brady twice a year now. That's difficult. And it's, it's okay, cool. When it's not them, then it's freaking Teddy Bridgewater and Joe Brady. Joe Brady, the, the loved son of Louisiana, right, versus, you know, the mayor, the governor of Forever Town, right, um, and, and Drew Brees. I don't know what that's going to look like at the end of the day. So I don't know when I'm ever going to get another Super Bowl, but whatever. Well, you still got, I mean, um, you know, and you got Arizona, who's feisty. Uh, you got Seattle, who's feisty. Uh, you got Minnesota, who's not exactly easy. Um, yeah, they kill. They keep killing us. You still got uh, that that team up in Green Bay um, that that knows how to win. Um, so <laughs> it's not getting any easier. The road back is tough, man. But yo, I want to say thank you so much for joining us. I know you got to get back to to what you do. And I, I appreciate you taking time out with us to inform us about the coronavirus. It's a big deal. And I want to make sure all my listeners got a chance to know more about it and at least understand kind of what's the, the, the whole um, pandemic about. Because some people are are not taking it seriously enough. People are still meeting up. I'm still getting invites to, to you know, different stuff. And, and people are not really social distancing at all and not understanding how serious it is in order for us to take our responsibility to, to play our part and not spread this disease any further. Um, and so um, people are starting to get used to working from home. They need to know why they're doing that. And so um, I wanted to make sure I got somebody on, an expert on, to talk to us about the coronavirus and the seriousness of the pandemic. And plus, you're the perfect person to talk to about what New England's gonna what New England's gonna do, <laughs> right? Um, because now, no more Tom Brady. Um, it seems like there's going to be a change, change, changing of the guard, and I don't know how that's going to play out at the end of the day. So thank you so much for joining us, brother. We appreciate it. No problem. Edelman's gone next. You think so? No way. Where is he going? Following Brady. You think so? I said that earlier today. Age, they, they need to start with fresh, fresh legs. Uh, I love Edelman for what he did, but... Uh, they need young guys. Yep, I said that earlier today. All right, Dad. Thank you so much for joining us, man. We appreciate you. Take care. All right. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big. I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot. Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMB Sports.